We got Banny Rooster fucking fired up, man. He is, he is about to get thrown out of this game. He got an old hog chew in his mouth, trying not to spit on the damn hump. But oh, I'm I feel sure like he's getting spit on plenty. Oh, but I feel like, <laughs> I mean, this is a just cry, cry to moment. He's making this as a gesture to the team, you know, to pick it up. Well, I mean, he, Elvis just took a third strike that was not a strike at all. <laughs> I know, but... He has every right to be pretty pissed off right now. I know, but don't you think that this uh, this display of trying to get kicked out of the game is to try to jumpstart his team, you know, who hasn't yeah. been off to a great start so far? Yeah, he just uh, took I mean, his, look at The fans yeah. love it. He just took his lip out and threw it in the on the, on the the ground. He seems pretty pissed off. I think that should light a fire under Joey Gallo's ass. Yeah, they know if he drops his lip, he's mad. Yeah. Well, man... That was a great live action. All right, well, Joey speaking... Gallo just oh he just picked up Jeff Bannister's dip and, and recycled it into his mouth. <laughs> He's rechewing, huh? Whew. See how Man. that works out. So we are watching everybody. We are watching the Texas Rangers take on the Minnesota Twins in Globe Life Park, the Temple of Baseball. They're down three to two in the bottom of the ninth, two outs. You know we got Joey Gallo up, who has just been the saving grace. I am once again Jacob Summers. I'm joined alongside my best friend and co-host Skylar Powdermaker. Hello, Jake. What's up, buddy? Just uh, watching some Rangers baseball. I got uh, you and uh, Connor McDonald sitting to the left of me. What's happening? It's, uh, it's a great More... day for baseball, guys. It yeah, really man. is, yeah. We got a lot of good Rangers talk coming up uh, to start off the show. Um, just a little overview for you non-Rangers fans, unlike us. We had a, a rough 5-10 and 10 start. Very um, slow start. It was a slow start for sure. But luckily we just sweeped the Royals this last week here. So mm-hmm. um, what do you guys think about this? Tur- is this a turning point for the Rangers this season? Or do you think the slow start was preseason jitters? Jake, go ahead. I mean, Jake. I think it – okay, so a lot of people were worried. We, Like you said, we had a 5-10 and 10 start. We're losing a lot of close games. We weren't hitting well. We were basically getting carried by Nomar, the likes of Nomar and a little bit of Joey Gallo. And, um, I mean, our pitching was good except for our bullpen. Like, we would be up in the game and then our, our closers would come in and absolutely blow it and we'd lose by a run or something. But I think that, I mean, obviously it was early in the season and uh, people were getting worked up a little bit. But... I think this couldn't have came at a better time, this uh, series with the Royals. We swept them in a three-game series. Uh, it Really, the team looked juiced. The team got amped. I mean, Joey Gallo had a hell of a play. I mean, he, he had so many. I mean, when he makes contact with those bombs that go out of the park, every single one is close to setting a record. It's and, in six um, flags. Yeah, I mean, it's insane the what he can do with a bat. Um but yeah, I think the series couldn't have came out a better time because they were really struggling, and I think they were they turned it around, and hopefully this is a sign of good baseball to come. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, the only thing is the uh, the uh, the looming return of uh, Adrian Beltre and Joey Gallo's position. I agree. Uh, that's inevitable. So where where do we put Joey when when Beltre is back? Because well, we need his bat. Yeah. Okay. So I agree. I mean, we. Joey Gallo is someone who's only hit around 200 lifetimes. So he's not a guy who's going to get on base a whole of a hell of a lot. But the thing is, is when he does get on base or when he is hitting the ball, 
likely it's going for yard and he's rounding the bases and he's scoring. So obviously in today's day and age and today's game of baseball, that is a huge asset, uh, being able to being able to hit the ball and score or hit home runs. So he's obviously made a place for himself here, right? You, you agree that it would be ludicrous to send him back down to, to the express and round rock. Not before a few other players that I can think of. Right. So you agree he's here for the run. So I agree he's playing third base right now. And if we both agree that he has to stay here at this ball club, we do need to make a position for him. Now, does that mean we take uh, Sin Shu Chu out of the DH and put him there? Do we try him maybe at first base where um, Mike Napoli hasn't been playing that well? Do we try maybe in right field, left field? Ryan Rua hasn't been too high. I mean, he's a very versatile player. Where do we want to stick him? Well, um, sorry about that little audio, guys. We got the Rangers game going simultaneously here. Yeah, it looks like Joey uh, found his way on first with uh, two outs left. Um, Speaking of that, where where would we put him when Beltre comes back? Where do you see ideally him fitting into this ball club? Well, first off, I don't think Mike Napoli is is as bad as of a first baseman as a lot of people make him out to be. I've seen him make a few plays. You know, he's not he's not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he could he could be a hell of a DH. Um, you know, he's a, he's a decent fielder, but at the same time, I think Joey Gallo could easily fill his shoes at that first base spot, or or come in for Rua, who has been, you know, very very forgettable this year so okay. far. So that's where I think I'm putting him out in the outfield and completely taking Rua out of the lineup and giving Gallo both Rua's position in the field and his at-bats. And here's why. Because I feel like if we put him at first base and move Mike Napoli to DH, well now that's pushing Sin Shu Chu to the bench. And if I'm looking at it, both Chu and Rua have been rather forgettable like you said this season. But as far as experience goes and just the eyeball test, I want you in my lineup over Ryan Rua. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. So do you agree that I would I would say it would be more advantageous to keep Chu at the DH and Mike at first base and back up Mike with uh, uh, Gallo in the right field? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I, I probably couldn't have said it better. That's probably the best thing to do because you don't you don't want to eliminate Chu from the game and you want to keep Mike's nap in in the lineup uh and Rua hasn't he really just he just hasn't proven himself so far this year so I think uh if we want to start winning some games we're gonna we're gonna need to make that adjustment because it's about to be Beltre time yeah I think you guys made some great points I think like you guys are saying we have a lot of the right pieces it's just if they're in the right spot and mm-hmm. i think this these little jitters this five and ten start um pre-royals and this game here um that it, it was just a little working out we have to do and get these guys legs under them and uh get some team chemistry i agree i mean i think a lot of people were freaking out a little too much about five and ten right it's only 15 games of 182 game season it's a long. We're a long way from Mark or from October, right? right. Yeah, to put it that way, and as long as we're hunting or have a, we're in the hunt for a wild card. I still have hope, but as far as putting the pieces into the right place, like you said, Connor, let me ask you. 
so we saw two think back to two you Darvish starts ago right not his start against the Royals but the start where they took him out in the sixth inning he had a uh, a scoreless a shutout through five innings then he he kind of blew up a little in the sixth inning he allowed a couple runners on he walked a few batters you know he let them tie it up and he was in a pinch you know but he hadn't given up the game yet it was still tied and uh Bannister took him out and I mean his facial expression said it all he was pissed and literally his eyes to me said, there's no way I'm re-signing for this ball club. Now, when he came back out the most recent time against the Royals, he was a completely new pitcher. That I didn't see any sour attitude. I didn't see him complaining with or fighting with his coaches. I didn't see any of the you Darvish superstar fucking diva attitude that we normally see out of him. Now, is that because maybe... I hope it's because he realizes he's here for the season and he wants to win here in Texas. But part of me starts to think that maybe he's just, he realizes that if he wants to get signed with another team after the season when his contract's up, he's still going to have to perform here. So is he just going to keep his, is he just keeping his mouth shut and keeping his head down and just go, getting by, you know, and getting out of the season as quick as possible? Or do you think that this last game maybe turn, showed a turning point in his attitude here in Texas? What do you think? Man, I <clears throat> I wish I could tell you what goes on in his head. But, yeah, like you said, he could be just uh, ready to get out of here. So he's just playing well right now, trying to get his stock value up. Yeah. Or, or he, he came to um, an agreement with Bannister to really, really hunker down and start putting forth his, his best effort on the mound. I hope that's what it is, but it's just every he always is throwing us curveballs to say the least on just what he's thinking and his attitude. I yeah. mean, we talked about how ridiculous it is that he's been here for years and he just chooses not to not to fucking even try to learn English or make relationships with any of his teammates. I mean, he's just so exclusive and just so shut out. And it makes me really kind of want to see a trade you know yeah yeah uh, I mean I would not mind to see him go if we could get some real talent to help us right now in. like Josh Hamilton <laughs> well speaking of Josh Hamilton he actually uh, he's done he's done yeah for the rest of his life um, That's it. you're out of here he had another knee surgery and uh, what's that his, make it like two or three yeah like on his right knee and then he hurt his left one like immediately yeah, exactly. after something That's like that was, yeah yeah, he's fucked. Yeah. yeah, he's done at the age of 36. 36. Josh Hamilton will never play baseball again. Um, Oof, man. What a great five-year stretch, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if you want to look at it like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, for five years, he was the Texas Rangers. Yeah. He was, I mean, him, Kinsler, Beltre, and I would say Mike Young. You, they literally, those guys Nelly were, Cruz. and Nelly Cruz, Nelly. they were gods yeah. here. I mean, that, that 2011 series where they, I mean, 2010 and 2011 series, y'all obviously know what happened. Went to the World Series back-to-back, and two defeating, beat or defeats, two crushing defeats is what I was trying to say, but Josh Hamilton was instrumental in all of them. And, I mean, for better or for worse, he, he was a crazy partier, but... 
I like the guy, you know. I mean, he he did kind of kill someone at, in the outfield, you know, trying to give them the ball, and he was like the whole reason <laughs> I don't know someone blame that on completely on him. <laughs> well, I mean, he was at the other other end of that ball, you know, being yeah. thrown. I'm not gonna, you know, blame him for that guy's death. I mean, Liar! I'm just, Try I guess, I'm just trying to say he he did a lot of fucked up shit when he yeah. was in Texas. But said a lot of fucked up shit about. He also too. fucking yeah, he said a lot of fucked up shit about Texas too. But he also smashed a lot of crazy home runs mm-hmm. that made me forget about it all in the moment. Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as you're blasting him like that, it, it's kind of hard not to like like him. Even after probably the worst trade in MLB history to the Angels, mm-hmm. uh, even we, we still welcomed him back with, with open arms after, after he was a complete flop over there. I mean, dude, we welcomed him back after how many times he went to rehab. We had him... On contract, where he was, he was not. He was being babysat by his dad, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and he was not allowed to have more than twenty dollars on his person. He could not be trusted with. He's a multimillionaire. We have him on contract, making seven, eight million dollars a year, and this man can't be trusted with more than twenty dollars in his wallet because they're afraid he's going to go out and buy a dime sack of coke. That's how. That's how addicted he was. That's how... But at the same time of this addiction, he's playing at the highest level of baseball. Yeah. So lasting impressions of Josh Hamilton? I mean, yes. I, I, I feel like he's kind of the raging alcoholic uncle of Arlington. He's like, he'll fuck up and he'll embarrass you in front of your friends, but at the end of the day, you just love him. Is yeah. he like the Charlie Sheen from Major League? Yeah, Any, I would say so. catching that Yeah, I, I would say he's... He's a yeah. That's He's a just great a movie comparison. character. He really is. You, I mean, that book he wrote and just his really his whole life story is what I really mean to say. It's just it's something out of a freaking horror story <laughs> turned yeah. to a you know a Cinderella story. Really, He's a straight. He's a movie character. Yeah. But you know he he'll definitely always have a place in us Rangers fans. Yep. Agreed. Well, um. All right, that has been. Another episode of Rangers Talk from yours truly, Cheeky Media. Once again, I'm Jake Summers. I'm Connor McDonald. I'm Skyler Powdermaker. And we'll catch y'all next time. See ya.